When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, I just want to welcome everybody back. And this is our next installment in the series, Reopening Italy, where we're talking to people on the ground in Italy, Italians and Italian-Americans resident in Italy, to ask them about what's going on in Italy and how Italy is handling the reopening. So we have Giovanni Trotto with us today. Giovanni, why don't you introduce yourself to everybody who's on here? Tell them where you're from in Italy, where you live, and what you do. Hello, everybody. It's a pleasure to stay here talking with you today. So my name is uh, Giovanni. I am from uh, Laurino, a really small village on a hill in the, in the southern Italy. So my village is close by. The, the biggest city close by is Salerno, uh, southern Naples, where I spent almost 20 years here. Then I moved uh, a little bit uh, across uh, Europe. I'm now working for Amazon in Luxembourg, and I just came back here last week for some time staying with my family here in the South. Now, let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. You were living in Luxembourg when the virus hit Italy? Yes. Yes, yes. Now, a lot of people in Italy are talking about the fact that Europe has not responded or the EU has not responded. Or they feel that when the virus broke out, France, Germany, other Northern European countries did not give enough help. What was the perception in Luxembourg when this broke out? In Italy? Was the perception, this is an Italian problem, Italy's not handling this well, they're chaotic with these things, that's never going to happen here. Tell us what the feeling was in Luxembourg. Yes, yes, absolutely. This was the, the feeling. Uh, so the feeling was that so while there was lockdown in, in Italy, for example, Everything was still open and nobody cared about anything like uh, in the, in the, for the first couple of days or so. And uh, as soon as a couple of uh, cases uh, started to show up in Luxembourg, people started freaking out and uh, started working from home thing and uh, everybody was in, uh, in a sort of lockdown. But this even earlier than the government rules. But in general, yes, uh, Luxembourgish and in general, um, Europeans thought that this was only an Italian problem uh, the, the first days. Why, when this was all hitting the fan in Italy, you were safe in Luxembourg, you have a great job in Luxembourg. Why would you pick up and leave Luxembourg to go back to Italy, almost going into the middle of the fire from the periphery? Well, I, I'm just back now where uh, in Italy the situation is, uh, is back to normal. And uh, if you scale these, uh, the numbers on the inhabitants count, it's almost the same. Actually, Italy is now uh, is a bit better than Luxembourg, right? So uh, I would say not now Italy is, uh, is actually safer than uh, Luxembourg, at least southern Italy. Let me ask you, now you're in Laurino, that's in the Cilento. You're in the foothills, let's say, southwest of the city of Salerno. Uh, Laurino only had one case. What do you think that these small villages in the south of Italy did where they had such low numbers of infection as compared to big cities in, in the Veneto and Lombardy? Well, to be honest, this is uh, still an open question. And um, 
I'm not sure what are the reasons, the real reasons behind that. So I don't really know. What I know is that the citizens here have been really, really careful about it because we are not prepared. Hospitals from Laurino are really far, far away. And uh, yeah, we kind of, uh, all the, the mayor and all the, also the police, the, the Carabinieri, I think, uh, everybody was super careful about people traveling and in, in and out of uh, this place. So, you know, this is a small village, right? So it's pretty easy also to control people here. Also, I think the mayor and uh, other people have done some uh, cleanup of streets. Uh, they have checked all the cases. Even the, this only single case that uh, showed up, uh, they have closed him up in his apartment. And all the people in his, uh, in his, uh, in his building, they were closed up as well. So they were really careful. Has your village changed because of the virus? Do you see any changes in the way people interact? Or are they totally back to the way they were before this virus hit? One thing that is fine uh, is fun uh, is that uh, a lot of people came back from big cities and they spend here most of the time now because they have like my sister. Right? She's a she's a geologist. She's a researcher in the university, and uh, now she's back in the in the village and she's enjoying the village lifestyle because she can't work at their own place. So uh, I don't know, a lot of people came back and now like even there are even more inhabitants, uh, more inhabitants than before. So it's kind of a cool thing, I would say. So, wow, that's exactly where I wanted to go with this because there's a lot of conversation now going on in the United States that with the virus and with a lot of the protests that have been going on, we're in a time of a lot of turbulence here in America. Mm-hmm. And there's talk that a lot of people who live in big cities considering going back into the suburban or the rural areas where they come from originally, because with technology, people can work remotely. Yeah. Italy's been kind of slow coming around to, you know, online working and, you know, work from home. Mm -hmm. Do you think that will change in Italy with this virus? I really think so. Uh, I think everybody now is pushing to work remotely full time, Uh, at least in my company the perception was slightly different uh working from home was allowed but uh, at least before virus you couldn't work from home more than three days or, or more actually it depends on the people you're reporting to but in general now it's much easier to work remotely uh, everybody is uh, is more um, i would say relaxed in this, uh, in this kind of thing and in italy especially uh, i think they've tried to work on some solutions that make things uh, working remotely. For example, you know, a a really, really fun one is that uh, you have some really old people going to the post office, withdrawing their their pension every month, and they're lining up for hours. And now you don't see this anymore. They are are withdrawing money in the cash machine, for example. So you see older people, now Italy, as we say all the time, is a country, especially with old people, that was kind of, um, I don't want to say behind or antagonistic. They just weren't engaged with the whole online experience. Yeah. I think like only 60% of Italians are connected to the internet. That's a statistic I read recently. So you see people, maybe your parents are a little bit older than your parents' generation. So you see them engaging online for the first time. Is that correct? Yeah, correct. Yes. For those of you who don't know, the post office in Italy kind of also works as a bank. 
So we're an American. We get the Social Security check in the old days mailed to their house. I think now they do direct deposit. Um, in Italy, you would go to the postal office, wait online, and you would kind of get a cash payout if your pension every month. Is that correct, Giovanni? Am I stating that correctly? Yes. And partially uh, by the state, so people feel safer than a bank to where you can put your money on. So as, uh, everybody goes with post, uh, at least old people. Right. So all the old people really line up and they get, they get their check every month in cash. So now you have people banking online. Italy's also been kind of behind the curve, I would say, in internet retail, internet sales, buying things online. Mm-hmm. Now you work for a company that's very much involved with that. Do you see that changing in Italy? Do you see older Italians now going online, buying things online, having things shipped to their home? Not in my hometown, because I think people still don't trust those kind of companies, or at least the experience is still far away from their habits. I see this uh, a, a huge increase in Luxembourg, for example, where people are getting more and more involved in this online situation. Thing. Um, but in Italy, in Laurino especially, I, I still don't see it. Is this changing the social fabric? Are people still visiting? Do you see people going to the bar now? Are people getting coffee? In the, for those of you who don't know the Americans out there, the bar in Italy is the cafe. It's the same term. So people go to the, the, the cafe. They stand up in the bar at the cafe. They buy a coffee. They buy a friend of coffee. That's the social interaction in Italy. Is that sort of thing coming back now? Are people going to the bar? People meeting in the piazza? How's the social interaction change? I think slowly it's coming back. Still, people are uh, afraid. Some people are wearing masks. Some people are uh, are not. So, yeah, it's a bit like heterogeneous the situation here. So there is no rule, such a rule, let's say. But I think comparing to previous years, it's much, much less. The social life. Now let me ask you another question. Your friends, I would say, were in their late 20s or early 30s. And because of the, the economics in Italy in general, in the South in particular, you all have had to go either to other parts of Italy or, or other parts of Europe to find work. And we talked a little bit about working from home. Do you think that now that your friends are home, your friends and family who are your age, who were forced to emigrate from their towns for economic reasons, now with the capacity to work from home, do you see them pushing to be able to stay in their home village? Do you think that the fraternity and the solidarity, the closeness you all feel together now, since you are all back in your villages and the young people are bringing life back, do you think that they're going to make this and they're going to move on this to be able to stay, maybe say keep their big job in Rome or Milan, but still be working remotely from a town like Lalo. I think on the short term, yes, for some months, absolutely. On the long run, I still don't think this is possible, at least in my case. Uh, for example, here, internet connection is too slow to work, at least for my job. Um, I'm having issue here uh, having a safe and uh, stable connection. And also, if on the long run you have to travel for some reason, you're far away from the airport, you're far away from the station, you're far away from everywhere. So, yeah, everything makes things super complicated here in Laurino. And in general, uh, friends are not coming back, at least not the... It's not like as it was when I was, I was in the middle school or in high, in high school. Uh, I don't see all those people coming back, to be honest. There, there is a small percentage of small population that you came back, 
but most of the people here are not doing jobs which can be uh, remote or so. So uh, there are nurses, there are uh, waiters or so, that can re- remote working. Italy's gone through a lot of political turmoil uh, from ever. From the founding of the Republic, Italy's had government after government. It's kind of a political roller coaster from an American perspective. Mm-hmm. So we're catching up to you. Um, <laughs> what is the sentiment amongst Italians your age of how the government, how institutional Italy has handled this crisis? So I, I would say um, I think there are pro and cons in every situation. But the feeling, at least the feeling of the people uh, I know, is that the governor uh, has handled the situation pretty good in a way that it was kind of a quick response and it was one of the first response in Europe and in the world, except uh, some some country in Asia like South Korea and Japan. But it was kind of a quick response. And uh, especially the prime minister has handled the situation pretty well, pushing the European leaders as well to kind of fund this situation we have in Italy. And that's in general the, the feeling. Now things could have been done better, uh, that's for sure, but that's also kind of a new situation. And uh, well, it was important back then that at least the government was not pushing backwards, saying, no, this is a, an absolute not true situation where uh, this virus uh, is, is, uh, is not hurting anybody. It's only, it's only like, an influenza. Giovanni, just to wrap up here, do you feel that, you know, someone who lives in Northern Europe for work and comes back home to Italy, Italy now is part of a federated, almost in the sense the EU is almost like in the US, if not in the de jure sense, but in the de facto sense, that you are basically a state in a big European megastate with the EU. You have uh, interconnected open borders. You have the same currency. You have integrated institutions and economies. But when push came to shove, we feel, looking from the outside, that Italy felt that the European, Europe itself did not come to Italy's aid and that countries like Germany and France held back not only economic aid to help bail Italy out from this disaster economically, but also medical equipment was held back. Do you feel that there's a growing anti-European feeling in Italy that when Italy needed Europe, Europe was not there to help? And do you see the possibility of Italy leaving the EU at one point, that growing, that sentiment, somewhat like Brexit? I think Europe is a great idea, but we are only half a way through. And uh, I see that the sentiment against Europe, because of this situation that is, Europe is not doing enough or so, let people think that we only have to pay instead of getting anything back. But in reality, Europe and Italy are bound together, and uh, I don't think they can... I, if Italy leaves Europe, I think Europe will be broken up. And uh, maybe there will be a new Europe, a better Europe or so. But uh, as we know, it's right now it can be. Um, at least that's my personal uh, perspective. So we're out of time. Giovanni, I want to thank you very much. I want to tell everybody out there who listens, or many American listeners who listen throughout the world, Laurino Cilento is one of the undiscovered gems in the south of Italy. Don't tell your friends because it's a hidden place. And if you go there, you're going to see it's a hidden treasure that's not overrun by tourists. They have a beautiful festival to Santa Elena, which is a native of their town. A beautiful church that's dedicated to her. You have a jazz festival working there, am I correct? Yeah. 
they have Volo Delangelo, which is, uh, I guess you'd say, like skydiving. They have everything there. It's a beautiful, pristine part of Italy. And you get a tremendous return on your dollar because uh, it's a very affordable place to go and to eat authentically, see authentic sites. Um, it's the very best of Undiscovered Italy. So, Giovanni, to you and your family, our best wishes. I hope to see you either in Laurino soon or when you come back to New York, as you often do. And thank you very much for being on today. Thank you all. It was a pleasure for me. Uh, always a nice experience. And I'm waiting for you in Laurino. Please come and visit. I, you know how much I love Laurino, and I, I hope to see you guys soon in New York.